And so I really feel that this uh, series is also lined up to that, that we want to be a healthy church, one that looks up to Christ, really rooted in Him, makes an impact not only to the people here, but the people outside of, uh, of these rooms. The world is losing its meaning. It needs the church to be healthy. And that was the key uh, takeaway that I took. So that was part of the reason why we uh, went. So a quick reflection on, uh, on that as we jump into this, the, the message today. So we are in the book of Jeremiah. Uh, we have been looking at endings and beginnings. We have done some really fantastic preaches. I hope you have enjoyed it as I have enjoyed it uh, as well. Uh, today we will look at the book of Jeremiah chapter 29. So we are going to jump uh, from 18 where Andy was last week and we're going to go into, into 29. But before we do that, I'm going to ask four questions. Some of them are applicable to everyone in general. Some of them are maybe applicable to those who know scriptures a little bit more. Uh, and we're going to test that scripture knowledge uh, as we get going. So the first question I have uh, for you as a church is, uh, we have sent out the kids and the, and the youth. So my question is, how many of you in this room think we'll be alive uh, 70 years from today? Those who are capable of raising hands by themselves, not a parent raising hand on behalf of a child. Wow, uh, really? Okay, I see, a, I see a hand, at least one. <laughs> one hand. Okay, then this, <laughs> I see a couple of hands, uh, some showing confidence and testing your faith. Oh, God, will I be alive 70 years from today? Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, then I, the second question I have that is testing a little bit of your Bible knowledge is uh, John 3, verse 16. Who wouldn't ask John 3, verse 16 in NIV version? What does it, what, what does it say? It says, for God so loved the world that he died on the cross so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life? Or does it say, for Jesus so loved the world that he died on the cross that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life? Or does it say, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life? For God so loved the world that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So it's a multiple choice. Ah, yes, it is. See, I see you know your Bible. So that's uh, really good. You're going to make it easy for me today. Let's go to Romans uh, 8, verse 28, one of the verses that we love to quote as well as uh, uh, Christians. Uh, this one is a little bit tricky, yeah? And we know that all things work for the good uh, of those who love him. God works uh, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we know that in all good things, God works for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we know uh, that in all, good, uh, good, uh, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Yes, it is D. <laughs> it is D. Whether it's, uh, it's the good or the bad, God works for, for our good. He uses both, uh, not only the good. A, a trick I used to use in multiple choice. Uh, please don't uh, quote me here and say one of the leaders at Radio Family Church uh, told me to apply this trick in, uh, in exams. Is I always used to look for the longer answer if I'm confused between two of them. <laughs> C and C. Which one is longer? Which one is... Then I choose the longer one. I think it worked, but I'm, I'm not saying that's the method that you should, uh, you should start applying. Having said that, I think one of the verses that we also love to quote as Christians is Jeremiah chapter 29 verse. And can I have one who's brave to rest it in whatever version that they know it in? Yes, go for it. Yes. 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 
Amen. Yes, so it's one of those verses that we love. And it says that, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are good and not for disaster, to give you future and a hope. And what I love about these verses is one of those verses that we are so familiar with as Christians, just like we are familiar with John 3.16, just like we are familiar with Romans 8.28. It's one of those verses that we love. But we don't spend enough time to understand the context and to read into the context in which this verse is written. And so today we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 14, uh, so we get a bit of an understanding of the, of the context. And I'm trusting God as we go through this context, He will speak to us, He will challenge us, uh, that there will be something that you live with this, uh, this morning that will change your life. So I just pray, God, once again, that you will come in your spirit. Uh, your people are ready. Father, our hearts are that fertile soil that is ready to receive your word. Come and do a work that only you could ever possibly do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if we can read from uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, from uh, verse 1 to 14... I will read from the New Living Translation. It says that Jeremiah wrote a letter from Jerusalem to elders, priests, prophets, and all the people who had been exiled to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. This was after King Joachim, the queen mother, the court officials, the officials of Judah, and all the craftsmen, the artisans, had been deported from Jerusalem. He sent the letter with uh, Elasa, son of uh, Sapphira, and uh, Jamaria, son of uh, Hilkiah, uh, when they went to Babylon as King Zedekiah, ambassador to Nebuchadnezzar. This is what Jeremiah's letter said. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army, uh, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the fruit they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them, so you may know how many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle, and work for the peace and the prosperity of the city where I send you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Verse 8 says, this is what the Lord of heavens, um, Ami, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and your fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I'll come and do for you all the good things I have promised. I'll bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I'll be found by you, says the Lord. I'll end captivity and restore your fortunes. I'll gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again to, the, to your own land. Jeremiah is writing this passage, and I, I, this letter, and I find it quite interesting that he himself is in, uh, in Jerusalem and is writing to those who have been taken uh, captive and are now in Babylon. And he's spent some time uh, narrating what is happening. And the fascinating thing about this letter, we have jumped a few uh, chapters to get to this point, is Jeremiah had been warning them and giving them uh, things that they should do, the covenant of God, the promises that they should follow of Christ. Uh, he, he had spent some time documenting and telling them, these are the things that concern uh, Christ. These are the things that concern God. 
around even the social justices. And the children of Israel had not followed uh, what Jeremiah had warned them. And now, so he predicted that if you don't follow what I, you, you, you know, I'm warning you, you're going to end up in exile. And this has now happened. So they have not followed uh, what, what they have been instructed to do. They find themselves in, uh, in exile. And now they are in, uh, in exile, and Jeremiah uh, sends this letter to them. Now I want to pick up from, uh, just break it down into uh, three different sections that will be informed by, by three uh, questions. The context of this passage and also the verse that we love is for when the, the children of Israel are now in Babylon and they have been given a time frame that I'll rescue you in 70 years. So they have to wait for 70 years before uh, them can go back to their nation of, uh, of Jerusalem. I was thinking about it. I have been out of Zimbabwe uh, in the year 2000. That's when I moved to, uh, to South Africa. I spent 19 years uh, in, uh, in South Africa and then I'm now four years uh, in the UK, so it means I'm out for 23 years. If I use the same measure, uh, it means I still have 47 years to go, yeah? Uh, if I have 47 years to go before I can go back to Zim, by the time I go back, I'll be 87 years. So I think you can work out how old I am, right? <laughs> if, you're, if you're following, you can know then how old I am. Um, and if I have to wait until I'm 87, I ask myself the question, by the time I go back to Zim at 87, what type of impact am I going to have when I'm at that particular age? This is where the context and the verse is being written. So let's break it down, start from um, uh, verse 4 to 7. But I want us, as we go through these three sections, to ask ourselves these three uh, key questions I feel that God is calling us and challenging us this morning. The first one is, do you speak well of where you are at the moment? Do you speak well of where you are? The second one is, Whose voices are you going to listen to? And the third question is, will you believe me or will you believe in the promises of God even if they are fulfilled after your time? I find that one very uh, challenging, but I think all of them are uh, challenging. So let's look at the first question. Do you speak well of where you are? I will read verse 4 to 7. It says, this is what the Lord of heavens, the God of Israel, says to all the captives uh, he exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plant to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away, and work for the peace and prosperity of your city where I have uh, sent you into exile. Pray uh, to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. As I said, I, I am... Zimbabwe, and I'm hoping that soon I'll write the live in the UK test and hopefully become a, a citizen of, uh, of England, and so I'll become a, a Zimbabwean uh, British uh, citizen, hopefully, uh, which is very different from a British Zimbabwean, uh, and that is my son. I'm raising my son in this context, in this, in this culture, and so there are certain things I've come to appreciate and learn, that as I am in this nation, uh, I have to start writing down what are the things that I believe are fundamental for me that I cannot let go from where I've come from. And when I know what are those fundamental things, everything else around me can change. And, and I think that is extremely important for us to master, that there, when we're in different environments, you need to know the absolute masks of what you can and cannot change. And when we are clear on what you cannot change, then allow everything else to, to change around you. And that has allowed me uh, this year to participate in our allotment, 
Sarah found an allotment and she found a new hobby, which I don't even understand where it came from, a hobby. She never really practiced back home. And now we are finding time in this, uh, in this allotment and we have to go and we have to do all kinds of things. And the fascinating thing <laughs> is um, the plants that we started putting in there are no longer just the plants from home. Uh, there's a section for plants from home and then there's a section for plants from, from where we are now, our new home. Uh, so there's a distinction there. And the other day I, I, I have a picture of some lettuce uh, that came from our allotment. She packed them nicely. Uh, and then she decided, let's go and give them uh, to our neighbors. And so we went around and we started giving this, uh, this lettuce to our neighbors. One of them came back and said, oh, I really enjoyed that lettuce in my lunch today and I have plans for it uh, tonight. Uh, so you are so excited about it. Uh, we were in, uh, in Australia. We came back with uh, some wine bottles for our neighbors uh, yesterday. So we went around and gave them wine from, from uh, oh, they were so excited about this wine. And I started asking myself, you know, if I look at, our house in South Africa. My neighbor in South Africa, uh, Apostle uh, Maluleka, uh, if I had gone with lettuce to his house and uh, with a bottle of wine, uh, what would he have said to me? I think he would have looked at it and said, hey, we don't even use uh, wine for our Holy Communion, uh, brother. <laughs> why, why, why are you bringing me this? Or if I, uh, if I take it to my other neighbor, uh, Kun, uh, who was on the, on the left side, I mean, uh, you probably would have tried lettuce, but you probably wouldn't have appreciated it as much as I have seen. And this is what the Bible is encouraging us to do, to go into a place, plant, you know, understand what happens in that land, and make sure that the prosperity, work for the land, for, for, for where you are, because it's, it's welfare will determine your welfare. And I feel that God is challenging us this morning asking us also additional questions. Do you speak well of this country? I want to challenge first those also from the diaspora who are coming into, into this nation. One of the things I took away from Australia is people speak so well of Australia. I don't often find that in, uh, in the UK. Do you speak well of where God has placed you right now? Do you speak well of, ah, I, I am here, I am in England. This is where God has called me. Do you speak well of Reading? You have come from different places in, uh, in England, and now you find yourself, uh, I was chatting to Anne, uh, bless you, who have been here for over 80 years in, uh, in Reading, but those who have been plugged in and brought in uh, into Reading, do you speak well of the place that God has, has brought you? Do you speak well of your neighborhood, where you live? Or are we those who are already planning and thinking, uh, you know what, I'm thinking about my next move, I'm thinking about the next house, I'm thinking about my next country, I'm thinking about going back home, I'm thinking about going back to my town. Where is your mindset? I feel that God is challenging you this morning and saying it is time for you to settle down in where God has placed you, where God has called you. I, I think about it from a church perspective as well. My, my brother, I found out that my brother uh, met, his, uh, met his wife online, uh, which is something that I wasn't very familiar with, on how you can actually meet and go uh, all the way to marriage and it, and it has worked out really well for him. They have fruit from the marriage. They're married and they are so happy. Uh, and I was reflecting and thinking about it that actually they met online, but they did not stay online. Uh, they then decided to come together. They met each other during a lockdown. They found ways of getting to know each other and then they got married. And sometimes we have those people, and it's not a, it's not a criticism even for those that are online, but have been online ever since COVID and are not yet in the room. Maybe God is speaking to you this morning and is challenging you and is saying, maybe it's time to come back into the room, to plug, to sow, 
because the welfare of this church determines your welfare and we need you in the room. Or maybe you have been coming into this church for a long period of time, but this church seems not to be like the one back home. The prayer meetings are not four hours. You know, this <laughs> ten, five minutes are not... Uh, you feel that your spirit has not really engaged and you're like, ah, I can't quite connect. Or maybe it's different from, um, from the one in Scotland where you were and you can't quite connect. I mean, you're used to singing from the, from the hymn books uh, and then this jumping up and down is still a little bit weird for you. God is challenging you this morning and is saying, yes, you cannot continue to think about where you have come from and that you want to go back, but you can put your roots in this place. You can sow with us. You can uh, come and plant with us. There is a part, and a, a, a part for you here. I mean, we are seeing already the serving aspects where you can come and you can plug in. There's a lot of areas that you can contribute because the welfare of this church determines your welfare. It could be also even in the aspects of, uh, of marriage. I mean, we come from different backgrounds, how we are, we are raised. Yes, we are a, family, a church not only for families, as, uh, as Scott was, uh, was sharing, but also just thinking about, about marriage. Um, because you are raised from a different background, and you meet someone who's also raised from a different background, the two of you come. There are certain things that you would have to make sure, yes, of course, they don't change, and you do, you, you you discuss those, you align on those, but allow everything else to change. And some really struggle with the concept of marriage because they just don't know how they can find someone else because they're trying to make them like, uh, like them. Maybe God is challenging you this morning and is saying, could that be the reason why you are not finding a partner or whatever the case may be? There are certain things that you need to let go and just change and allow God to work through you. It, it could be in a workplace, uh, wherever it is. I mean, the list can go on. I can challenge you on different aspects. It could be on your workplace. Uh, and, and you're wondering, okay, what's going to happen? Uh, like my, my wife's workplace at the moment, they're going through redundancies, uh, and they have no clue what's going to happen. And there was a, another opportunity that was coming up, but we felt that God was saying to her, it's not yet time for you to leave. Uh, I, I know even here at this particular school, there has been an exodus of people uh, who are working here, but there's also still uh, some who are remaining firm and are saying, I'm not going to leave because God has, has called me to be here. What is God saying about your work situation as well? Because the Bible is also challenging us this, this morning and is saying, perhaps the welfare of, uh, of you is determined by where you are currently working at the moment and you don't need to leave. I'm not saying that's the wise thing, but I'm saying, what is the spirit of God saying and, and probing in your heart? There, there is a lot that we can take uh, out of this uh, part as well. But my question to you is, do you speak well of where you are? Do you have good words to say about your workplace, about this church, about your family? Do you speak well of where you are or you are thinking about 70 years from today? Let's look at the second uh, question as well. Um, and on this question I'm asking, whose voices will you listen to? I'll read again uh, verse 8 and 9, and it says, This is what the Lord of uh, heaven's army, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams, because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. I, I, I just find this fascinating, because as I said, 
Jeremiah was, uh, was in Jerusalem and he's sending a letter to those who are in Babylon. Yet there are also priests and prophets in Babylon. And it's so easy and tempting to say, but why should we listen to someone who's telling us, uh, telling us that we'll be in exile for 70 years? Mind you, he's not even in the same situation as me. He doesn't understand. This, this person cannot relate to the hardships that we are finding in, uh, in Babylon. But he's warning them and he's telling them that actually, you know, the, the people there can start creating stories. They can tell you, actually, let's repent. Let's, we can move out of this place in two years again. But this is not what the message of God is saying to them. And it just really triggered in me that what voices do we listen to? Are we looking for voices of convenience, voices that align with what we want, as we were discussing about magnifying ourselves more than magnifying God? Whose voices are we going to listen to uh, in these situations? Mind you, Jeremiah had made a, um, a prediction already before, before this, and the prediction had come true. At Reading Family Church, we really encourage people, especially if you're about to make a, a really big decision, to find someone, uh, whether it's in your uh, life group or whether it's in your serving teams or even one of the leaders of a church, to pray with you uh, that I want to make a huge decision in my life. Can you pray with me? Can we hear God together in this situation? I don't just want to listen to the voice of the popularists, to what everyone else is doing, to something that sounds convenient for me. I want to hear God in this situation. And today I want to pray as well uh, with us, those who are also really trusting God for a word that is clear, that you will have a clear word and that he will come and he will speak to you as well. Amen. So whose voice are you going to listen to? The last question I ask is, uh, do you believe in the promises of God even if they will be, after, uh, even if they will be fulfilled after your time? I find this uh, very challenging. I mean, there are a lot of promises that we see in the Word of God of the children of Israel being uh, moved uh, from Egypt to the Promised Land. And we know that they perished in, uh, in the wilderness, and their children are the ones who made it to the Promised Land. They spent 40 years in the wilderness following the promises of God, but they did not enjoy, even Moses himself did not enjoy the Promised Land, but the promise of God was still fulfilled even after his time. Can you still trust him that I will hold on to your promises and what you have said to me even when I don't see it? Even when it doesn't feel like it's happening, it's going in that direction, I will continue to hold on to it. Because he knows the plans that he has for you. And his plans may be that you stay where you want to live. It's a good plan that he has for you because by the time you're 87, going back, what type of impact are you going to have? Maybe the impact I need to have is here where God has placed me for a time such as this. Will you trust him when time has gone by? I want to call the, the band to come um, here, and we're going to spend some time really praying this morning. I, I feel that God wants to do something of significance for us. Maybe God is probing something, and as I'm speaking and he's speaking through me, something about this church and you becoming a member of this church. Maybe he's calling you to baptism. As we know, next week we're going to be going through baptism. Maybe he's calling you into a serving team. We went through the list of areas where you can serve. And you are thinking, you have been thinking over time, ah, I'm not sure about this place, I'm not sure, but God is saying, 
the welfare of this place, the welfare of this church will determine your welfare and is challenging you this morning to take that next step and be part of this church. Could it be that God is speaking to you about your family situation? I don't know about your family situation. I don't know about what's happening in your, in your marriage and everything else. But maybe God is challenging you this morning and he's saying, actually, stay there because I have a plan and purpose for you. The welfare of that marriage will determine your welfare, your individual welfare. Could it be in your workplace that God is, is challenging you? And so I want to pray into three different categories this morning. I want to pray firstly uh, and trust God to really move for those uh, that know that, yes, there's a conviction, a stirring that is happening for you to stay, whether it's in this church, whether it's in your workplace, whatever the case may be. I want to pray with you that God will come and will show you a way, even in that situation. Then I also want to pray for those who want to hear the voice of God and are saying, I've been listening to multiple voices but I'm going to reach out to someone in the church this week and I'm going to speak to them about my situation. And as, they, as I speak to them, I'm going to have clarity. I want to believe with you that you will have clear clarity on what God is saying about your next steps. I want to pray also for those who have been saying, yes, you told me I need to go there. Yes, we have been there. Maybe the time is up or I really feel that the ending is here. We are in a series of endings and beginnings. I, I feel that the ending is here. I need to go into the next step. The promises of God are so clear. I mean, he says, he will come, he will hear you, you will seek me, I will answer you. And those who are saying, yes, I have held on to the promises, I've been holding on to the promises of God, and I'm trusting him to answer me. I want to pray with you this morning that God will come and will answer. But before we pray into these three uh, categories, ultimately, all of this and what happened and all these promises are pointing us back to, to Christ. We started with uh, John 3 verse 16. We spoke about it. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, one and only son to die, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have life, eternal life. And perhaps God is challenging you that this is actually your next step. Uh, that you, you are starting from a point where you need to receive him as your Lord and personal Savior. I have felt that I've been in the wilderness. I felt that, God, you have deserted me. I have trusted you for breakthrough, but the breakthrough has not come yet, and I've let you go. But God is calling you once again, and he's saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. Put your faith and your hope in me. I know the plans I have for you, and I'm calling you back, my daughter. I'm calling you back, my son, to know, to come and know me. I want to challenge you before you leave this place, uh, there will be some people in front. Come and speak to one of them, that I want to I either rededicate my life to Christ or I want to dedicate my life to Christ for the first time. So if we can, if we can uh, play on the, on the keys uh, for, for now, uh, uh, that will be good. Um, and I'm going to ask, and it's going to be a step of faith uh, this morning, and invite those who are trusting God and are saying, I feel a stirring in my heart to stay wherever wherever you need to stay, to partner with the church if you need to partner with the church, to stay in your workplace, to stay in the, whatever the situation is. God is calling you and he's still saying, I know the plans I have for you. The plans may still be coming, but stay where you are at the moment. And I want to say if you are here and you are trusting God that indeed I am that person, but sometimes it is difficult to stay. 
I want to pray with you and to strengthen your, your hands. And if you can be bold enough to raise your hands and we pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, you are a faithful God. Your word does not return void. Your word is stronger than a sword that tears between bone and marrow. You see the people that are raising their hands this morning that need to stay and are hearing whatever you're saying in their hearts and the conviction from the Spirit of God. I thank you, Spirit, that you're doing a work that only you could ever possibly do, that no words, no voice can share, but the Spirit of God can deal with the heart and the heart of men. I pray that, God, you do something special in these moments as we pray, that you strengthen your saints in the name of Jesus, that you move in a mighty and amazing way, that the Spirit of God will come and bring forth comfort in the name of Jesus, that there will be a clear reminder that God is at work and he will do a great and awesome work. May your word be fulfilled, God. May you strengthen and bring forth encouragement in this moment in the name of Jesus. I'm trusting you for breakthroughs. I'm trusting you, Father, that there will be a narrative of speaking well, that there will be a narrative that comes out of this where they say, I raised my hand on Sunday and somehow God came through in this situation and I'm finding joy, I'm finding peace and I'm feeling established. Do it, God in a way that only you could ever possibly do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to pray with those who say, whose voice should I listen to? You are hearing multiple voices and you're trusting God for a big decision. As I said, reach out to someone. But I want to pray with you uh, today that this week you'll find clarity in whatever situation that you're faced with. That you'll find clear clarity on what God is saying. And if you are here, why also don't you be brave enough just to raise your hand and we pray and we trust God that he will come and he will do a great work. Heavenly Father, I thank you once again for the hands that are raised. I thank you, Jesus, that you are at work, that only you can do a work. Father, that is special. I pray, Father, even for those hands that are raised that we will hear of great testimonies of how on this day when people were bold enough to raise their hands, they found clarity in your word, in the name of Jesus, that they understood what you are saying, whether to live, to go, whatever the situation may be, that they had of you. Come, Spirit of God, and move and do a great work that only you could ever possibly do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And then I'm going to pray, finally, for those who say I have heard God and I'm trusting him. And I am trusting him that as I pray this week that he will answer my prayers. He will be close to you. He will hear you. Yes, you need to move. Yes, you have been waiting on the promises of God. And you are trusting him for those answers. Why don't you be bold enough once again to raise your hands and we pray that God will come. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you for those hands that are raised, for those people that are trusting you, God that you will answer their prayers, that you will be close to them, that when they call upon their name, when they call upon your name, God, you will come through in whatever situation, be it health, I pray that God, you will set them free in the name of Jesus, whatever the case may be. Spirit of God, move, comfort your people, come and do a work in the name of Jesus that only you could ever possibly do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Church, be encouraged this morning. As we worship one more time before we leave, I want to encourage you that God cares for you. God has a plan and a purpose for you. Whether it's to stay, whether it's to 
really hear him clearly or to move whatever the case is. He cares for you and you can depend fully on him with no other option but him. And so we trust him as we worship that you will hear clearly as well from him. Thank you.